because I was at the beach all week, I did not listen to a single podcast, and I'm like eight podcasts behind on the couch. Uh, the gambling one is really good. That was definitely the best one so far. Where they talk, they have Mikey on, which you know, anytime Mikey's on, it's great. Mikey is my hero. He's your jam. He's pretty good. Hello, it's Saturday, June 15th, 2016, and this is episode 17 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. My name is Craig Stone, uh, here with Kyle Askin. Howdy. So, we're going to knock out a quick episode here because uh, life is getting in the way a little bit for both of us, I think. (laughs) Right, yeah, so for the people who don't know, Craig is in the process of moving, and I was at the beach for the last eight days, so... Sounds tough. Uh, I know. I, I My situation is definitely better than yours, but uh, for both of us, it's been a pretty hectic uh, last or last week. Yeah, and we don't want to leave you hanging with, uh, you know, yeah. three, four weeks with no episodes, so especially <laughs> with lots of news coming out about Revel and striking and legalizing pot and all kinds of stuff, so... Right, so we just figured we'd try to knock a quick episode out tonight. It's it's quite a bit later on Saturday night than we usually record, but uh, we're doing it for you. Yeah, well, we usually record on Friday, so we're already later right. than, <laughs> than we usually right. Well, I, I just got home today, so yeah, Friday was not an option. Well, let's get into it. Uh, yep. So the big sort of doom and gloom news, because there can't be two weeks without any doom and gloom news in Atlantic City, is that uh, Local Union 54, which is the Casino Workers Union, has approved the strike authorization. So they voted, I think it was 92 or 94 uh, percent, voted to approve the strike authorization. And the union says that if they don't have a deal by July 1st with the, the four casinos involved, which are uh, Tropicana and the Three Caesars uh, properties, that they will go on strike July 4th, July 4th weekend which, of course, would be very damaging to those properties during a peak, peak weekend of uh, room rates and and tourism. So that's sort of where we stand. Uh, They're saying that they will strike if they don't have a deal by July 1st. That was uh, Ruben Kramer from Press of Atlantic City. He tweeted that uh, from actually in, in their meeting that I guess he was not supposed to be in because he eventually got kicked out. Um, so, I mean, what would that really mean beyond just like looking bad for the city? Like what would that really, how would that really affect visitors? How would that affect the casinos involved? Do you have any idea? I mean, I, I really personally don't have any idea. I think we talked about it a bit in the last episode, um, that it has happened before and, you know, the casino stayed open everything was presumably at least, if not perfectly fine, reasonably fine. So uh, I'm sure that it will be bad, but not catastrophic. Right, and I mean, the last time they went on strike in 2004, they said it cost, you know, billions of dollars, I think, um, for the casino industry. So obviously that's not good. But I expect... I mean, obviously the casinos will stay open, 
they have said that they're going to try to negotiate today or yesterday, I guess, Friday. Um, but I haven't heard anything about what happened with that. So I don't know what the latest is on any negotiations, if they've come up with anything. Um, so that was a, a Ruben Kramer article, again, Ruben Kramer, uh, that I'll link to in the show notes, basically saying they've set negotiations. It's actually, the negotiations are actually with five casinos because it's with the four that were mentioned, as well as Trump Taj Mahal. And one thing I think we failed to mention last time is that they had already authorized a strike against Taj Mahal because of all the Carl Icahn-related stuff about rolling back benefits through their bankruptcy. So it's actually five casinos that they are considering striking against. Um, And it it seems like uh, Kramer says it's 9,600 bartenders, servers, porters, and other hospitality workers. So it seems like it's not, you know, the dealers and pit bosses and stuff like that. But still, you know, a lot of people who make hotels uh, operate and and go smoothly. So it would definitely be tough. Uh, And then and the negotiations were... Like I said, oh, actually supposed to be today, Saturday, um, but I haven't heard anything. I'm assuming we'll hear about that soon. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have a lot more information on this next episode. So the other big thing um, is we were wondering last episode if Revel would be open for business by the time we spoke again. And the answer to that is a resounding no. Um, Even to the day before, even to Tuesday, June 14th, uh, Glenn Straub was saying it was going to happen. He took the press on a tour of Revel. He was very confident that it was going to open. He said, you know, I don't have a liquor license, but, you know, you can at least get in and have a room and have a clean room and, and pay for it. Uh, there is no name for the casino yet. There was no reservation system. He was relying on walk-ins, but he said he was going to open the rooms. And late on... That Tuesday, uh, June 14th, which, you know, June 15th was the date that Straub had set, Wayne Perry from the Associated Press posted uh, or tweeted that it was not going to happen. And and an article went up saying that basically Atlantic City rejected the plans to open. They said there was not a certificate of occupancy in place. And so... It couldn't happen. It would be Thursday at the earliest, and then Thursday came and went, and you know now here we are on June 25th, so 10 days later, and still no Revel open. Uh, and the other thing about that is that he said that he would have a name for the casino, and he would name the casino operator on the Friday after that, so I guess the 17th, and that never happened either. So we haven't heard the name. Um, they haven't paid... Mike C, his money for naming it the Pearl, uh, which... Which is a bummer. Yeah, which is a bummer. Mike needs his, his $10,000, so... I know, so he can buy a spear. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it seems like they're kind of in this holding pattern. Uh, they still don't have the certificate of occupancy. Ed actually posted in our Facebook group that he was there and heard them testing the fire alarm, so it seems like they were there testing... Apparently they had plugged up the sewage in the Revel with some inflatable stoppers that they removed in the past week or so. Um, but still, oh, and Revel has gotten its liquor license, uh, supposedly. But still no certificate of occupancy. And the other thing is that the state, I guess, now is saying that 
Polo North needs to have a casino license. It's not good enough to just assign an operator and say, well, we're just the landlord and our casino operating company needs a casino license, which is what Straub has claimed the entire time. Even though he has put in for the casino license, it hasn't gone through yet. Uh, and so that came through, and he wrote a press release that made the rounds, and Amy S. Rosenberg uh, from the Philadelphia Inquirer is one person who tweeted it and just blasted the state kind of saying, you know, he's, so here's a quote, instead of welcoming this prospect, you know, of Revel opening, uh, New Jersey's Division of Gaming Enforcement has imposed a roadblock that is inappropriate and necessary. Despite Polo North only being a landlord, the division is requiring it to comply with more extensive licensing standards imposed on casino operators as opposed to the less stringent standards imposed on vendors. So he clearly thinks that this is uh, stupid and, and bad business and doesn't make any sense. Um, the problem is that he kind of ignores the fact that he doesn't have a certificate of occupancy, which is a really <laughs> key thing, right? I mean, you can't have people <laughs> staying there without the certificate of occupancy. So you can complain about the casino license all you want, but at the end of the day, you need the certificate of occupancy before anybody can even stay there. Because they weren't going to open the casino on June 15th anyway. Right. So, I mean, I think the big takeaway for me is that none of this seems to be very confidence-inspiring. Because... You know, throughout the history of the show, uh, ever since the first episode, we've been talking a lot about Glenn Straub, and we're like, you know, I personally think he's he's a very smart guy, but, you know, there's always been worries that, like, does he actually know what he's doing? And this doesn't help the case that he does. So, because, you know, his history hasn't, hasn't been on these, or for the most part, hasn't been in these consumer-facing sort of hospitality business enterprises, which is what he's in now with the Revel. So, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, when do you think it's going to open? I think he's going to... I hope that he's not going to get into a situation where he's just getting into some prolonged legal fight with the state over this thing. Um, I would hope that the state would actually realize that it makes a lot of sense to sort of push this thing through, which I know is not New Jersey's way (laughs) with anything, let alone with casino uh gambling so i'm hoping that they'll kind of say look if they're really going to be a landlord relationship like let's just get this done and push it forward the certificate of occupancy i'm assuming they're just working on it and and it'll get done and maybe like maybe july 4th weekend so that's well that's next weekend (laughs) great so i mean i'll say i'm i'm slightly optimistic that something happens where they do this very very soft opening you know, as soft as June 15th would have been, which was basically we have no reservation system. There's no name for the place. If you want to walk up and ask for a room, we'll, we'll gladly let you have it But uh, and pay for it. But I don't know. I mean, I, I would guess – so my hope maybe totally ignorantly is is a week from now, so like July 1st for the, for the 4th of July weekend. I would hope that he's pushing for that because obviously there's going to be a lot of demand that weekend, but especially if there's a strike and people are weary of, of staying at Caesar's properties or Trump Plaza or Tropicana. But, uh, I don't know. I would, I would give that a pretty low chance, probably like, you know, 15% or 20%. (laughs) And that's probably too high. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, maybe 
two weeks after that, maybe like mid-July, July 15th, something in that range. Do you have any thoughts as to where this is going? Uh, I I honestly don't. I mean, I I have no idea. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if it opened. I don't know. Maybe maybe not next week. Or maybe next week. And I wouldn't be surprised if it opened in. I don't know, October or something. I mean, I have no idea. Yeah, and I think that's really where it is. Is that it's just so hard to get a read on it because he can say up and down that it's going to be some date and it's just impossible to know. Uh, one thing he did say though, is that uh, when he took the press out and on this long tour of revel on the 14th, um, he said to expect a soft opening for six months. So that, right. that I think gives you a lot of leeway as far as when you open, because I mean, like I said, for the June 15th opening, I thought there was a good chance that he would open and just basically say, you know, if only two people stay here, like, hey, it's open for business. Like, what difference does it make? But so maybe that's what happens a week from now or three weeks from now or a month from now. But I could also totally see him saying, well, we've missed the big chunk of summer. We've missed Fourth of July weekend. If it comes to that, let's just hold off and not do a soft opening until something like Labor Day weekend. And then have basically the whole winter be a soft opening, and then let's really do the marketing push for summer 2017. But again, mm-hmm. I mean, this is all guesswork, right? Like, there's no way to know what he's thinking because even, you know, the whole day Tuesday, he was squaring up and down it was going to be open, and all these press people who were there were just like, I just don't see how, I don't see how. And then finally Wayne Perry was like, well, the city just said it can't happen. <laughs> so so <laughs> that was that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see over the next few weeks or months or however long the time frame is going to be. Yeah, so the the Revel saga goes on. We hope... To continue, it continues. Yeah, I mean, it's really kind of my oxygen at this point, just... Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, maybe the better question would be what what episode is it going to be when, when the Rebel opens? Oh, geez, so this is, what, 17? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll set the over-under at 20. I'm going to say just under. I'm going to say 19. Uh-huh. That's what you I'm think, You think it'll be open by episode 19? As I think, so that gives us so a month, he's, basically, four he's weeks. He's got four weeks to do it, yeah. All right, we'll see. Yeah, so now I'm going to, like, uh, find some excuse to cancel the next two episodes and give it two months, because, right. you know, even with no money on this, I just want to be right. Right. So, so that's the rebel thing. Cool. Uh, a totally weird thing that popped up, just seemingly out of nowhere, is that uh, if there's a New Jersey State Assemblyman, Reed Gushora. I have no idea if I'm saying that right. Uh, has said that he wants to introduce a bill into the legislature or in the legislature that would allow legalized marijuana or would legalize marijuana in Atlantic city. And, you know, this is something that we, we, unless I'm just totally blind to it, there had been no rumblings about at all. And so suddenly there are a bunch of articles about this assemblyman who's saying like, Hey, you know, what would solve a lot of Atlantic city's fiscal problems would be to legalize marijuana, tax it at 20%. And, you know, some big percentage of that money would go to the city. Uh, so he wanted that to be on the November ballot, uh, along with the North Jersey casino legislation, I guess. And he's, 
the the first article I read about that was by uh, Victor Fiorillo from Philadelphia Magazine, and I read a bunch of other articles about it. The one from from Philadelphia Magazine was the only one that mentioned a date that uh, this assemblyman wanted to post it, and that was Thursday of a week ago. So the I think it was Thursday the sixteenth, and that didn't happen. So. Uh, I haven't been able to find anything about this posted in the time since then. Like every South Jersey newspaper seemingly wrote a column about this <laughs> on the 15th or 16th. And then it just seems like nothing's happened with it, which is not surprising at all if you follow New Jersey politics. But at the same time, you'd think somebody would say like, oh, hey, we just skipped skipped it or tabled it or whatever. But I haven't seen any of that. So. One thing I will say is that Marty Small did say that he doesn't think drugs are the answer to Stacey's problems, so there's your city council president not totally on board. Um, so I don't know. I don't like. I haven't heard anything about it. Do you think that this is some solution to Atlantic City's problems at all? Well, I have a couple a couple comments. First, it seems like Samuel is also not on board with uh, allowing marijuana in Atlantic City. He makes him but, sick, uh, apparently. He's totally sick <laughs> about it. Apparently. Um... A couple interesting things is is when I first read this, I kind of assumed that someone from from South Jersey was the one that was going to introduce this, but it, it looks like this assemblyman's actually from like the middle of the state, look like, like around Trenton. So I, I just thought that was interesting because I would have uh, I would have believed that that it's just strange to me that someone for not from South Jersey is going through the effort of trying to actively sort of save Atlantic City and bail them out, which presumably is not what uh, like Steve Sweeney and, and Chris Christie want right now, uh, since they want to take over the city, or at least that's what our assumption is. So, I mean, if you assume that everybody in New Jersey politics has some agenda, or everybody in right. all politics has some sort of agenda. <laughs> but especially New Jersey politics. Uh, I mean, the 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 sort of obvious answer to that would be that here's somebody who wants to push for statewide legalization. Who just wants to legalize pot, and that's his agenda. Yeah, I mean, or or wants to sort of open the door for statewide legalization, and the easiest way to do that is to start in Atlantic City. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, I, I'm very skeptical that this guy, like, something just popped into his head where he's like, I, I know how, I'm going to be the guy that saved Atlantic City. I'm going to be the guy that saved Atlantic City, I'm going to be the hero. Yeah. Uh, um... I mean, personally, I, I, I mean, I don't have very strong feelings about this either way. I mean, I wouldn't be offended if it happened, but I wouldn't be offended if it didn't happen either. Uh, I mean, I think it's it's a little bit of a, a litmus test, like how you feel about this, because I, I think a lot of people will right away have like strong feelings one way or the other, depending on how they personally feel about the legalization of marijuana, but. For Atlantic City and for all the ways it's it's people are trying to take it right now. Uh, I mean, I think legalization of marijuana would seem to push it like very strongly towards the you know drinking on the boardwalk. It's going to be a party town. It's not going to be like this family friendly place that that a lot of other people like Glenn Straubert are trying to take it. Yeah, I mean, my first thought was we we can't even get a vote on the open container law on the boardwalk and you're going to push through legalization of marijuana. Um, and in my mind, I think those two things were very 
it was very clearly intertwined when I first heard about them. And I'm, you know, totally indifferent to the marijuana thing. Like, you know, I'm not going to partake, but I don't care if anybody else does. Uh, but I think they're actually not really that inter- intertwined because I have a feeling that the marijuana thing is very much sort of something that you do in your hotel room or in your house or whatever. And it's more, it's not about going out and getting drunk and, and running around the boardwalk and that kind of thing. Smoking a blunt on the boardwalk? But it's not, I don't think it's like a, it's not the same sort of party thing that drinking is, I think. Like, people want to go and get drunk and get crazy, right? And I don't think anybody's like, I'm going to smoke a bunch of weed and then I'm just going to go nuts in Atlantic City and go to the clubs. Like, maybe I'm totally wrong about that, but I just don't really think that that's uh, what weed is. I think you're at least partially wrong, probably. But I don't know. I mean, I don't think that there's, I don't think our, our, argument in quotes or our discussion can can be resolved but I, I think that it it does help sort of push the idea that this is like a more of a party more of a like single people between 18 and 35 destination than a you know people like me and you taking our kids there oh i mean absolutely <laughs> and it certainly <laughs> would attract a very specific uh audience of people who as you know, the East Coast, as far as the East Coast goes, don't have a but lot you're, of other. But you're just claiming that it, it doesn't have a lot of of overlap with the current people who go there now and go to clubs and. Well, I just don't think it's really. I don't see it as if you're going to be outraged about it. I don't think the outrage really overlaps, oddly enough, with with the the booze on the boardwalk thing. Like I think it's just totally different. Like people don't. Yeah smoke pot and then get really rowdy it seems like <laughs> so maybe that's, that's maybe that's where i'm going with it is like the the idea that people are going to be drunk and disorderly on the boardwalk is a concern about the, the the booze on the boardwalk um so so my natural reaction was like this is a step even beyond legalizing drinking and legalizing open containers on the boardwalk because you know marijuana is not even legal and and alcohol is but in reality, I think they're on totally different scales as far right. as the outrage is concerned or the opposition is concerned. So, I mean, I think regardless, uh, I mean, I think it's safe to say we both believe this seems to have a very low possibility of going anywhere right now. So I can't even imagine it. I just, <laughs> yeah, so it's there. We've spent whatever, however many minutes talking about right. it. And I just, I'd be, I mean, 100%. I'm sure it'll. I'm sure it'll happen at some point. It seems that the way the country's going in, you know, the next 20 years, the next 30 years, it's going to be legal everywhere at some point. But I, I don't know. Then again, maybe it'll sort of roll back and become illegal everywhere again, too. So who knows? Yeah. Um, so speaking of things that might be on the November ballot, um, I really had to search for a segue there, and I think I found one. <laughs> And then I ruined it by talking about it. So the we had talked many times about the North Jersey casino legislation, which will absolutely be on the November ballot. Uh, and one of the things that I've said over and over again is any poll to this point is meaningless because there hasn't been a dollar spent on shaping public opinion one way or the other. And that is about to change because the No North Jersey Casinos Coalition has launched their campaign – uh, and one of the big people on board is State Senator Jim Whalen. Uh, not surprisingly, South Jersey um, 
state senator, <laughs> obviously representing Atlantic City. So uh, this is the first sort of push to get public opinion shifting one way or the other. And it'll be interesting to see who's behind this, who's going to fund it, um, what kind of marketing they're going to do. And, you know, they had a bunch of people there at the initial press conference announcing it from um, the Chamber of Commerce of Southern New Jersey CEO, uh, the resort CEO, Mark Giannantonio, uh, Bob McDevitt, who's the president of Local 54, and uh, Greater Atlantic City Chamber President Joe Kelly. So all these people are there kind of supporting this, and obviously, you know, all South Jersey uh, Atlantic City people are going to be pretty staunchly opposed, I would think. Um, so, so it's it's interesting to see. So far, it's just sort of been an announcement that this is happening, and and not a whole lot. Uh, you know, it's not like I've seen any ads or anything. Although, um, I mean, I do live in New Jersey, so you'd think once they start coming, I'll start seeing them. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes and who jumps on board and who kind of stays on the sidelines for the start. Because I would think at some point the casino companies are going to get involved. And um, since there's that exclusivity for applying um, for the casino companies that have properties in Atlantic City, it'll be interesting to see if they sort of wait it out and decide which way they're going to go. And then, then the money will really start getting pumped into one side or the other. But... So far, you know, not too much to speak of. So, I guess I have a couple of comments. I I know that, well, first, I, I guess before we get into the discussion I want to get into, there wasn't a whole lot of press in Maryland about the casino referendum, and I know it, or, or a whole lot of advertising money spent in Maryland on it, and I know it was a pretty big deal here, so if I were you, I wouldn't be shocked if you really don't see a whole lot at all in general, because I, I don't think I did. Um, but I know that it, this is kind of a weird topic, just because it's, as you said, everything's been so politicized, and it's gone from, you know, you know, obviously this is something that Chris Christie and Steve Sweeney want, but, but they, or at least specifically Chris Christie, has said he's going to he was going to argue against this and throw his whole weight against this if he wasn't allowed to take over Atlantic City if they don't get their budget in order. And it seems like a lot of politicians have been kind of flip-flopping on this or saying they're going to support or not support this like based on what some random other stuff is doing. So I don't feel comfortable at all just in making a prediction on like how this is going to go, who's going to end up supporting it, who's not. I mean, like like you said, I presume that, that most of the politicians from the South are going to end up going against this in the end, and most of the ones from the North are going to be for it, but but who knows? You, you bring up a really good point, which is the political and the politician side of this has been so weird in that normally I feel like on an issue as divisive as this, you get an obvious side, you know, and you'd think, like you said, the North Jersey politicians are all going to fall in line on the pro side and the um, South Jersey politicians were all going to fall in line on the against side. And what we've seen is, you know, Christie saying that he would, would flip flop on it. 
the mayor of, of Jersey City, who's one of the towns that wants to get a casino, is now saying that he's wavering on it. And so it's interesting to sort of see this back and forth um, where it's not as, as cut and dried as maybe everybody would have thought it was or would have been six months ago. So who knows? I mean, maybe this thing's just going to get politic to death and everybody's just going to be so sick of it by the time that it even gets to November that it'll just fail. But like we said, the polls seem to indicate that there's sort of growing, uh, not necessarily uh, favoritism for it, but at least it's sort of more of a split than initially thought. Right. So I guess the other thing I wanted to bring up, the bigger discussion I wanted to have, is I know, you know, we, uh, the the two people who I guess kind of run due for a win, haven't really, you know, we try to keep politics out of things as much as we can here, but the only, you know, basically political stance we've taken is that we have come out a lot on the podcast and then writing and stuff being against the North Jersey casino stuff. But but I, as I've been thinking more about it, um, I just want to know from your perspective, like we both agree, I think, that it's going to be very, very bad for Atlantic City in the short term if it passes. We both think casinos will go out of business, like it's going to be bad for the area. But But what do you think the effects are long term if there are North Jersey casinos open in the next, you know, three or four years to whatever the, the timetable is, if this passes versus, you know, what the effects are long term or even medium term, if North Jersey doesn't do anything and then a, you know, Long Island casino opens or a Queens casino opens or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it makes much difference whether it's, it's North Jersey or New York city or, Westchester or wherever else. So I don't, I don't think that's that much of a difference. Um, so that's the, the bleak side of it. The sort of rosy picture that you could take is that the, any casinos up there are going to, the short term is going to be really bad, but the long term is that it's going to force Atlantic city to start going in a different direction and stop measuring itself based on gambling revenue and that kind of stuff, and that even the remaining players, or maybe it'll force the hand of the remaining players in Atlantic City uh, to really sort of diversify and, and do other things to attract people, and whether that effort becomes this, like, last gasp sort of thing before the death of Atlantic City, or whether it's the thing that totally reinvents Atlantic City and and makes it a destination for things like big concerts and, and big shows and, you know, water parks and that kind of stuff. Or, uh, you know, I think that's, that is, you know, remains to be seen. And I don't think there's any way to know that, but I don't think it's as clear that it's just the outright death of Atlantic city that, that maybe we had sort of made it seem like in our previous episodes. I mean, I I agree with you. I think if you want to play sort of devil's advocate to what I was just saying, I'd say that the big thing that not having North Jersey casinos does is it gives you time, right? It it might give you a couple more years to try to help or try to help Atlantic City get its books in order, try to get everything 
done to help make whatever transformation it's going to make into whatever it's going to be in a world where, I mean, we're already in a world where it doesn't have a monopoly on gambling anymore, but in a world where it really, like, it needs another draw other than just casinos to survive. And it still is relying on casinos to a very large extent right now. So one of the things, and the thing that sort of popped into my mind was that time has not really been has not really helped Atlantic City. You know, they've had they had years, they had decades where they were the only game in town as far as gambling on the East Coast and and didn't really do much with it other than collect a ton of money <laughs> um just knowing that they had this monopoly and and that they didn't even have to make particularly good casinos to to get everybody in the door. So maybe time is not that great of a thing. Uh, but who knows? I mean, obviously having no time is also not good, <laughs> right? Like suddenly going from, oh, we've got a few, you, you've got uh, a few years probably until New York gets a casino or whatever to, oh shit, New Jer- North Jersey casinos are coming as soon as they can build one. Uh, right. It's probably not good, but. Well, I mean, it's just the reason I bring this up is because, you know, we were talking about it more on the the group forums on Facebook and, you know, Eric, who we who we met in our last trip to Atlantic City. You know, he's been someone who pretty consistently on the groups has been for opening North Jersey casinos and he's been one of the lone voices there. And I just got to thinking about it and that, you know, I I even mentioned in, in a comment, I'm like, I have come out, you know, saying I'm against this over and over, but when I came up in Maryland, which is really, it's not much of a difference if you think about it, you know, it's still something that, that hurts Atlantic City very directly when casinos open in Maryland. Um, and I think that's, like, pretty undeniable. Like, I still voted for allowing casinos in Maryland. A, because I don't really care if they have casinos or not, like, from a political or, like, a how I feel about it personally, and B, because I... I thought it would be convenient to have a couple casinos nearby, and it, it has been. It's not something that I go to very often, maybe once every couple months, but it's nice that, that they're there, and I can go to Maryland Live, or I can go to the Horseshoe whenever I want to, or soon I can go to the MGM. So that wouldn't stop you from going to Atlantic City, I guess. I mean, it hasn't stopped you, obviously, from going so, to Atlantic City. <laughs> so it, it, hasn't, it hasn't stopped me, but for me, you know, going to Atlantic City is something that's completely different than going to the horseshoe or whatever. The horseshoe, you know, we'll go for three or four hours or whatever, and we'll we'll eat there and we'll gamble some, and then we'll leave. Whereas Atlantic City, it's more of a trip. You know, honestly, like a lot of the reason now is just because you know we live so far apart, and it's like a reason to meet up with you and meet up with our, our other friends. And yeah, there's like much more of a trip element of it, and that's a lot of the reason we go. So. It didn't affect me. However, if I was someone who, who, I guess, enjoyed, well, I do enjoy gambling a lot, but if, I don't know, if something was slightly different about me, like, I could see myself going to Atlantic City less just because I can gamble so easily now by driving for 15 minutes to Maryland Live. And if, or if I was, let's say, a poker grinder who, who either made my living playing poker or at least supplemented my income by playing poker, like, uh, I would probably not really go to Atlantic City at all anymore because instead of going up there every weekend or whatever to do that, I would just go to Maryland Live, which has an excellent card room and 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 just play poker there. 
Yeah, and, and one of the things I thought about was, you know, obviously Maryland has Horseshoe in Baltimore and now is going to have the MGM National Harbor. And so if the argument is, well, I go to Atlantic City because I can get comps that are then relevant in Vegas, uh, well, that's not really going to be true anymore for Maryland. So I don't know how that's going to go with with New Jersey, if that's going to be the same thing in North Jersey. But, you know, one thing I'll say about that is that for you and for me and for probably most of our listeners, like we really enjoy Atlantic City and we enjoy going to places that have multiple casinos uh, and the other things that come with that and just being in a casino town that's sort of a cheap getaway vacation. I would guess most gamblers don't care about that aspect of it and just want to go someplace that they can play some slots or get in some blackjack and then head home. So they don't care about, like they're perfectly happy to do that on their lunch break or do it as like an errand when they're also, you know, picking up their kids back to school clothes. Whereas like, I don't want to do that. Like I don't really want to go to the casino on the way home from work. That just doesn't sound like, that just sounds stressful to me. It doesn't even sound fun at all. Uh, so, you know, we're probably a little bit like preaching to the choir when it comes to, to that kind of thing. But, um, you know, clearly the data shows that, you know, more casinos, uh, outside of Atlantic city hurt that area. It's not like we're saying, Oh, well, you know, people still go to Atlantic city because Atlantic city has a bunch of casinos. Like, yeah, some people will, (laughs) but, uh, the damage is definitely going to be severe. Right. So I, I just think that, that my point is, while I still personally am going to be against it, it's it's purely for selfish reasons. It's purely because I really like Atlantic City. I don't want more harm to be done to it than has already been done, or more harm done to it than... Or, it doesn't need harm done to it outside of sort of the harm it's inflicted upon itself over the last 20 or 30 or 50 or however many years. And it, it just, for me, like I'm, I'm, I'm worried that if more casinos close down to me, it's going to be become something different than what it is. I mean, if it's, if it's Caesars and Harrah's and Borgata and Tropicana and those are the four casinos in Atlantic City. It's it's different to me than it is when there's eight casinos open or or soon to be nine casinos open there, which you know honestly that's different to me than it was when there was twelve casinos open. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean that idea of going to a casino town <laughs> become it becomes right. less of a casino town and it's less enticing. So yeah, it's it's tough. I mean it's funny because I actually got called by a a poll taker um, about the. North Jersey Casino, since I live in Jersey City for another four days. Um, and they asked, like, are you for or against? And I was like, dead set against it. Like, really don't want North Jersey Casinos. And then they said, if there was a North Jersey Casino, would you want it to be in, like, if it passed, you know, ignoring that you, we know that you don't want it to happen. If it passed, do, would you want one to be in Jersey City? And I was like, sure, why not? Like, if it's already going to pass, like, why not put it right next to my apartment, <laughs> right? Like, I don't really, that doesn't really make a difference to me. And, like, I would probably go there. Like, I'd probably go there every now and again for, like, an afternoon. But it's not something that I want, and it's not going to replace Atlantic City for me. And, it, 
you know, the the net would be negative for me if if I had a casino next door that crushed Atlantic City and knocked it down to where AC only had, you know, four, five, six properties. Well, I don't know. I just I just thought it was an interesting discussion to have and that maybe my views on it are are evolving slightly. But I mean I still think I think either way in the long run, Atlantic City is gonna be fine, but I think in the short run if it passes, Atlantic City is going to be definitely not fine, not nearly as fine as it's going to be if it doesn't pass. So, but I, I honestly think in the long run, it, it probably doesn't really matter. I think its future has to be diversified out of casinos anyway, which is it's it's in the process of happening now. I do have to say so. Yeah, and that's where that time element that you talk about really comes into play. Is that right now there are new investors? There's Bart Blatstein and Glenn Stroud, and say whatever you you want about them and what they've done so far, but you know, giving them time to get in and attempt to do things for development. Um, and now there's a, you know, they're just auctioned off a bunch of land. Atlantic City just auctioned off a bunch of property, uh, trying to, you know, get some money to pay their bills and pay their workers. Uh, and I think one of the property buyers is talking about is somebody who, who owns a or developed a big thing in Philadelphia that's like independent food vendors and, you know, hopes to develop the same kind of thing there. Um, that's, I think, right next to Docks, actually, where they bought property. So that kind of thing, like that kind of development, getting people in and giving them time to do the development where they can still have eight casinos or nine casinos, like that makes all the difference in the world to them. So it's it's really the other people who are doing development who are just starting out, who need that time more than, say, Caesars or Borgata, who, you know, it doesn't really make a difference if they, <laughs> what kind of time they have, they're established, they're going to, they're kind of, are, they are what they are at this point. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think I've covered, we've covered what I wanted to cover there. So Sure. So I think one last thing before we wrap up uh, is that just announced recently, um, Toby Keith, the Toby Keith show, on the beach in Atlantic City that was scheduled for July 23rd is off. That is not happening. But something added on September 5th is Blink-182. So they're going to headline a show that will feature, uh, it's kind of a, seems like kind of a festival type show that's also going to feature All Time Low, uh, which is I think a Baltimore band, um, A Day to Remember, and The Front Bottom. I have not heard of either of those last two, but... Um, so that's going to be on September 5th, which is Labor Day weekend. So that's a pretty big show that kind of goes a different direction. We talked about how the beach shows tend to be very country-focused, so definitely more of a punk or pop-punk kind of show. So that'll be interesting to see how that does. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add about Blink-182. Not really. They were huge when I was in high oh, school. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, going back to, to high school, uh, your high school roots. Yeah. Um, so we certainly had some other stuff that we wanted to get to. Uh, my brother actually went to Atlantic City and had a lot to say about Atlantic City and Borgata and restaurants, uh, mostly positive. He had a very good time, so I'm happy that on his first trip to Atlantic City he had a good time. Uh, we had some stuff. I actually wanted to talk a little bit about some stuff that Mike C. said in the Facebook group. Uh, Steve, who was our first ever listener emailer, uh, sent a couple emails about Tropicana trips, um, but we're going to have to save all of that for the next episode because I think we're running right up against your time where you need to be yeah, getting to work. Yeah, I need to 
log into work and do some server maintenance. At 11 like p.m. Any good IT professional do. Yeah, it's our maintenance window. Our maintenance window actually starts at midnight, but I need to set up for it and get ready to do that. That sounds not fun at all. Yeah, well, you do what you got to do, man. Meanwhile, we have a key security upgrade at my office, and I was like, yeah, we might get to it on Monday. That's <laughs> what you can do when you work in academics. Uh, yeah. Anyways. So I just want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, thanks to everybody who's been posting in the Facebook group, which you can find at facebook.com slash groups slash do for a win. You can find our podcasts, our show notes, links to all the articles that we mentioned on do for a win.com. Uh, the podcast is on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, basically anywhere that you can find podcasts. Um, well, not SoundCloud because we don't pay for a pro membership on SoundCloud. Uh, Twitter is at do for a win. You can send your questions to do for a win at gmail.com. And one thing that I just want to say to wrap up this episode is that I want to thank Ruben Kramer for all of his coverage that we so frequently referenced. We referenced him multiple times in this episode. He tweeted this afternoon that Friday was his last day at the press of Atlantic city. And I just have to say he will be sorely missed. I really enjoyed reading his tweets we obviously referenced him just countless times on the show, so sad to see him uh, out of the Atlantic City coverage landscape. Right, he was one of the big three or four that we always were talking about on the show, him and Christian Hetrick and Wayne Perry and Amy Rosenberg, so he will be missed. Yeah, so good luck, Ruben, wherever you're headed after this. Um, but I think that wraps it up for us. We'll be back hopefully in a couple weeks, sometime in mid-July, when maybe Revel will be open, but also probably not um but it'll be after fourth of july weekend which hopefully everyone will have great things to say about their atlantic city trips over fourth of july weekend yep um we will talk to y'all in a couple weeks so um when you wanted to record the next episode, and before you answer, I'm out of town the 7th through the, like, 11th of July. Son of a bitch. Where are you going 7th through I know. Louisville. Oh. Are you going to get some bourbon?